welcome welcome back to the number one uh, british mental health podcast in london uh i'm your house jerry shit mill uh and you know i was thinking a lot about how your mental health is kind of like your regular health but like for your mental and that's right 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 yeah that's really fucking cool mate i i think that that's right, right yeah yeah you know i don't think enough people understand because when i go and stand in line to the doctor and i tell him oh me me prick can't get hard i don't think it's because i eat fish and ship every day i think it's actually because i'm quite sad and they're like, right, right, right. Sorry, bruv, can't help you. <laughs> so, is is that what they mean when they say under understand? Is when you're you're under something <laughs> and you're standing. Kenny, I can't continue. <laughs> oh hell yes! I'm sorry. I don't know why, but I've been thinking a lot about, like, Black Mirror is actually what I've been thinking a lot about, like, because I just would love to be in the writer's room in Black Mirror, because they're like, what if your phone was, like, your friend? And this one's like, oh, <laughs> give this guy an Emmy. <laughs> so, yeah, anyways, we have... What, uh, if, what if the politicians were actually good? <laughs> What if the politics was bad? Yeah. What, what, what if, like, when you said, like, a politician had to bum a pig, yeah, they they fucking did. That's for a mental, That's just Brit- recent British political history. Haven't you read the books? <laughs> Don't you know what oh they do God. in Oxford? It involves pig fucking. I'm dead serious. Look it up. Listen, pal, I'm an American. I'll fuck any pig I want, all right? <laughs> Listen here, partner. <laughs> Anyways, we have Lexi in the stew, a fucking Hunter Vibin. Welcome. Uh, I've come I'm back ex- to redeem myself. Because after it's not a redemption. My- how are, listen, how do you have a redemption it's episode? It's a victory lap. What are yeah, you talking it's a, about? This is a victory Your lap. episode was literally the most popular, like, successful <laughs> episode we've had to date. We like, had 100 plays in a day. <laughs> <laughs> and then none of them will listen to this one because I sound like Sarah Squirm, to quote a dear friend no, of mine. What are you talking about? Yeah, you're a you're a what's the you're like a you're a, a you're a made man. Yeah, you know what I mean? You're, you're like a, a you're your Twitter your Twitter a, a personality a person kind of interest. Of, you're kind of a quirked up white boy who's kind of busting it down sexual style, a little bit goaded <laughs> yeah. with the sauce. You know what I mean? <laughs> That that joke is not going to be funny in like three months. I know it because like oh, no. it's already not funny. Too bad. I, I think it's the funniest. Thing. <laughs> the way you do it, you have to do it with impressions, and that's why that mm. makes it funnier, right? Like to do it mm. with an impression is also much Ivy. I hate to say it, but I don't think you've ever met a quirked up white girl or boy, but they are real and they are out really, there. I haven't really met any anybody in general, mostly. <laughs> Like, the most people I met in college um, that was in college, and that was like, realistically speaking, probably only met about 60 or 70 people over the course of a year, like two years. That's that's about enough people. Your peer. I don't peer. Think I need any more just, than that. 
just stay just staring at me. All at just once. Looking at him, wondering, hey, what's It was very intimate. They were all staring deal? at you at once. What that was college. About? You know what I mean? No, you yeah, you two. Off I'm oh wait, no, Marcos is fucking disconnected. I think I He's did. like <laughs> frozen or some shit. Yeah, I froze. Cool. I was okay, like literally back. having a I was having like a mental breakdown in the break. That's going to be very funny for you to edit later. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, cannot wait. What a fucking <laughs> rock solid start to the episode. Hell yes. This is good. This is what, this is it what is, the is pod good. is made this of. This is good content. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I only met like probably like realistically speaking like a hundred people in college. It was like literally just like whatever classmates I had because I only took English classes because I was a transfer student. And then like the five or six professors that I had. One Nobody most, was really quirked up. Most of the people in there were really just really depressed. One of the most accidentally majors. racist things I think I ever said happened at work. Uh, kind of like semi-related, like about it's okay. starting people. Um, we were like trying to plan for events for my, for my uh, like, for our company calendar, and they like I I gave all of the events that happen every year, and they were gonna skip over Lunar New Year. Right. They were like, mm. yeah, we're not going to celebrate Lunar New Year because hard. And then their reasoning was hardly anyone celebrates Lunar New Year. And I looked at them and I was like, you know, like there's like seven billion people on Earth. Right. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, and like probably like three billion of them are Chinese. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, most people on Earth celebrate Lunar New Year. Big dog. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> they were just like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> They're like so that actually, is wildly racist, but very accurate. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> on that subject, so um, I probably for the first time since 2019 can go to Passover with my family. Hell yes! Yo, and sick. I realize I've never super abused this because like Hanukkah is basically a nothing holiday when you're an adult with no children. Mm-hmm. Like right. it just straight up doesn't really matter if that's the case. Like it's it, it's nice, but it's it, it's very much hyped up. In American pop culture, so Jewish kids don't feel left out of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, I just realized that technically I can get a week off. Hell if yeah. I really Ooh. try. And I've never really thought to abuse all the Jewish holidays before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're all in the it. spring to the fall. Like the really big ones. Mm-hmm. I took I took Passover off uh, like three companies back because I told them I was Jewish and they believed me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's amazing! It's like uh, so the like I've super, had Jewish bosses where I knew I couldn't get away with that, mm-hmm. but at the same time I kind of want to make up a Jewish holiday that just <sighs> like Shlomazel or something. <laughs> just say yeah, it like I mean I'm in I'm Montana now. There are hardly it. any Jews. I bet I could lie. <laughs> My third Probably. aunt's cousin's sister's. Brothers getting married. I have to sit shamazel. It's not my. <laughs> it's not my fault. I don't know. What you... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so no, it just occurred to me the other day that I could probably get away with that here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. I'm just I sitting off. on that knowledge. Like, hmm. I got. I got that. Much off. to think about. <laughs> I got that off. Much it, to think about. And like, literally, my coworker who knew I wasn't Jewish was so fucking mad at me. They're like, you fucking <laughs> cocksucker. I know you're not Jewish. And I was like, mad because you didn't fucking yeah. try this first. And I was bitch. like, Shabbat Shalom, motherfucker. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> right? Like, look, I did the fucking work. I know when Passover is. All right. It's I harder than even... you think. Yeah. 
I put the fucking work in. I learned some Yiddish for this. <laughs> like, I was, I'm actually I was really ready for looking a fucking forward quiz. to taking him to Passover, but also kind of terrified. And I love how my mom like mm-hmm. made a big thing to invite him. And I guess also I can come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, and also you can come. Yeah, I guess I'm also invited. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Okay. I think oh she's God. happy to like have someone who is not because my mom converted. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think she's happy to have someone who is also of Catholic descent around finally. Because my dad and I, when we get drunk, we unite on how much we find Christianity confusing, and this apparently makes her upset. Because <laughs> she's I'm like, you're not, you converted, you're, you're Jewish now, I don't understand. But apparently we're very offensive. Interesting. It's the one night of the year my dad gets drunk. Oh more than just uh, more than just Catholic guilt, I guess, stays with you for for your entire life. Also, feeling like you need to, I guess, defend uh, the against the your horribly bitchy or something tipsy <laughs> daughter and husband. <laughs> so well, also, I, I will note. So, uh, we live right on like the path of this massive. I think it might be the biggest Catholic pilgrimage. In North America, but I don't want to like discount stuff Whoa. going on in Mexico. So it's definitely the biggest Catholics in the U.S. Have pilgrimages though. in North America. Yeah, yeah. no, it's uh, in New Mexico. It's to uh, this church in Chimayo. Mm-hmm. Oh, that has holy dirt, and it's on Good Friday. Cool. So that's There's a big deal. Of, it's kind of hard. I always to, thought like, pilgrimages were kind of tight. And Good it's Friday and Passover to... always overlap, pretty much. It's always hard to like quantify that for North America because Mexico does have some wild ass like. The thing, the Catholic Church, the thing about the Catholic Church in Mexico is the Catholic Church is a sees Mexico as kind of a blind spot. Yeah. There's a lot of shit that goes on in Mexican yeah. churches that literally they just don't want to see. They're just like, nope, that never happened. I no, think, so like, like uh, a... Shogs and I, like, uh, so when uh, I was first introduced Shogs to my best friend mm-hmm. and he was talking about something, we were both looking at each other. It's like, white people, Catholics need to chill. Because <laughs> my best friend, uh, his mom kept marrying into Hispanic families and has been for a long time at this point. Mm-hmm. So he was raised around Hispanic Catholics, and I was too. And, like, it's a completely different vibe. I don't know yeah. how to describe it, except it's a completely different vibe than, like, Irish Catholic people or French Catholic people I've known. Mexican, Latino Catholic people in general, like, identify more with Jesus. Right, where they look at Jesus and they'd be like, Yeah, that guy, he got fucked up and I know what that's like. Right? Whereas like Irish Catholics and fucking uh what is it? Irish Catholics and like Italian Catholics and anyone from Europe, right? Like Anglo, those motherfuckers wanna be the Pope. That's the difference. Right? It's like one of them is like well, I, there's fucking, also the virgin. I'm, I am the Pope of this. Like I hadn't church. really realized that the Virgin of Guadalupe didn't really factor into anywhere but Latina Catholics until I was much older. Yeah. That's because of Pachamama, right? So like the fucking there's a ton of that's the thing about like the way and it has more to do with like colonization than it does yeah. like because No, like, it does. In the way that the Spaniards tried to fucking colonize like through religion. They were taking existing folklore or existing like deities and incorporating them yeah. into the church. Right. And sainthood allows that. So like they were allowing like these common like folk heroes and all kinds of ideas like to become saints for like Latino Catholics where like. Well, Day of like the I Dead said, also survived, which is a massive yeah. big deal. And I'd love for Shogs to see that someday. Mm-hmm. Oh, that shit's fascinating to me personally, though, like like all things 
Um, I hate Catholics. <laughs> I just hate them. I hate them. I with my. I don't know any Catholics really. Like I mean, I've never. Fi- I've you never know a ton of ex-Catholics. Yeah, I know. I know ex-Catholics, but I only know them like online. I've never like physically met a Catholic before. Well, I assume I, most people around you would be Baptist. Baptist is a big one. Southern Baptist is another big one, uh, and Methodist. I like, Those are like the big three. My favorite here. religions, and this is purely and like, then a lot of non-denominational weirdos. My favorite religions, and this is purely like because of the way that I was raised. My mom raised me like just literally joining cult after cult after cult, but like the way that. My my favorite religions or re- like cri- types of Christians are the really fucking weird ones, right? Like I love the snake handlers. I love those guys. Those guys rock. Those guys literally just like pick up poisonous snakes and they speak in tongues. Like those guys are fucking cool, dude. They're like for the God is in me and in the snake and he will not harm me and like yes dude keep doing that bro yes there's another type of christian guy that like just lifts heavy rocks have you seen those guys they're preachers they're just fucking jacked and they just lift incredibly heavy boulders so i have a crazy story like uh so uh for the record uh both my grandmother and my mother converted to judaism Mm -hmm. they fully committed i was not raised in her faith and neither was my father to be clear Mm -hmm. Like, that was not a factor in how we were raised, but they were both raised in Christian households and converted. Mm-hmm. And uh, my grandmother comes from all these crazy Scottish people. Mm-hmm. And her mother's side of the family were all, like, Protestant preachers during the, like, big revival in the, like, early 19th century. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the first one we have recorded, like, any record of, he's actually in some books, apparently, but he was this massive guy who became mm-hmm. known for feats of strength involving barrels. Mm-hmm. And he had a tiny wife mm-hmm. who he could pick up by her waist. <laughs> and and everyone the- in that family is either stupid tall or stupid short down to mine. I'm the shortest person in my Crazy. family by five inches. I'm down Every- here at five three, and my mom at her full height was five ten. All of my Damn. all of my family is. I'm literally the descendant of like psych, like literal schizophrenics and psychopaths. I had a, I had like a great great uncle named like Augustine, but everyone called him Augie, and he fucking gathered the entire town. I don't know if I ever told the story on the pod. I told it a lot. You have but a few you, times. You told it on the last pod I was on. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I, about a guy who, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I told it. I don't know if I got to the point. Damn it. I'm stupid. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I ever oh, got. Man, it's just, my, we've, we've done what? A hundred episodes. You, almost. you have. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. I've, I've uh, been here for like probably 15 of them at this point. Um, On my mom's side. Right. My aunt. My aunt is. She's like prolific. She does. She used to do this thing or not anymore. Like she passed away. But her. Her. What she used to do. Right. Was she would marry a guy like a guy she would marry a guy that didn't speak english right and she didn't speak the language he spoke and she would learn the language and she would just meet these she would go to a different country completely foreign country no job no plan nothing marry the first motherfucker that was interested in her (laughs) learn the language fucking get a get a like just get real fucking like you know like fucking get his life together and then just disappear 
<laughs> just completely fucking going just, from country to country, fixing these guys up, getting yeah. them on their feet, getting them where they need to be, learning whatever language and things they had to offer, and just lighting the fuck out of town. She had like eight kids that she just straight up abandoned because she was just crazy. like later, like bored of this. <laughs> and there was no fucking. There was never any warning. There wasn't like fights or anything. Like I think one time one of the dudes tracked us down. He tracked the family down, and like he like was in fucking tears. He's like, I don't know what I did. Blah blah like. And then we had to be real with him. Like, dog, she's got like six other kids. She'd just be doing this. <laughs> this is just how she gets down, Jesus dog. I'm Christ. sorry, man. <laughs> sorry. She's, she was fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, that was one of my aunts was like that. She passed away like a few years ago. And everyone, like, everyone was like, damn, good. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, not in a fucked up, but like some peace this woman needed peace with whatever the fuck was wrong with her she just needed peace um i had a cousin yeah, my family is a uh, my family is just um stubborn mean kind of short that's it well so i have my, very different sides of the family in my family so- my cousin on my mom's side fucking was convinced that he had a worm in his brain and so mm-hmm. took took an ice skate and wrapped it around a or like slipped it onto a sledgehammer and hit his own Mm -hmm. head as hard as he could to try and get the worm out he didn't kill himself Mm -hmm. but he like got he got the the ice skate stuck and he walked like three miles to to the fucking because he was like he was living by himself at the ranch and there's no fucking there's no one around them he walked like three miles to the nearest neighbor and was like hey man can you help me get this worm out my I was like, no, get the fuck. I'm calling the ambulance. What the fuck is wrong with you? This happened in like 1997. Like two, you know what I mean? <laughs> this isn't like some, this isn't something that happened a lot. This is like, you know, I have a long storied family history of fucking psychopaths in my family. <laughs> oh, man. Well, what are we supposed to say to that, Marcos? <laughs> How are we supposed to top your family? No idea. My family's fucked up. Uh, Although, like, we, we're also, like... family's fucked up, too, just not like that. <laughs> we're fucked up people, but also, like, at the same flip... On the flip side, we're also, like, we're inspiring people. Like, we do, <laughs> we do a lot. So, uh, my cousin, shout out to... He's out there. I don't want to give his name out or anything, but he's out there. He's uh, he's one of the only... uh, Well, his this is not his job title. I don't actually know what his job title is. Because like, I don't know what the... But he's a cow fucker. He fucks cows. He impregnates cows. He's an artificial inseminator for yeah. cows. He is literally one of the only, like one of four black people in America that does that. Literally, it's not a job. Like they literally, like he talks about all this discrimination that he faces all the goddamn time because he's like one of literally in an entire industry. It'd be one thing if you're like, you know, in like a uh, fucking if you're in a rural area and you do this job and like you know you go home and like no, this guy is the only like one of four black people for the entire industry. That is insane odds that he's fucking doing this shit. It's crazy to me. But I'm like, I'm I'm really proud of him. And he talks about, yeah, man, I'm like low-key, like inspirational. And I'm like, you, I mean, don't go, you fuck cows for a living, dude. But, <laughs> but still, it's impressive. Apropos <laughs> like, of nothing. Listen, man, I'm Apropos glad you overcome adversity and all that. But you are, you are fucking cows. Yeah. Really. <laughs> You're literally fisting so, cows for cash. <laughs> The first sex shop I ever got to go to was this place called The Castle in Albuquerque. And I had, like, I was so excited to go into sex shops. Because, like, I could get, even by the time I was, like, 16, 17, I could get cigarettes easily. I could get mm-hmm. booze easily. 
could get all manner of other drugs easily. But you know what I could not get easily for some fucking reason? Vibrators. Pornography. Mm. Mm-hmm. All of those lovely things that come with sex shops. Mm-hmm. Novelty blow-up dolls. For instance. I used to have like 20 of those. I used to tape them together and we used to skate on them. Oh, I've got another story. So, uh, <laughs> But the first place I ever got to really go before I found out about the uh, like... The, like, functionally lesbian sex mm-hmm. shop. It's, like, you know, feminist, pro-sex, whatever, but the functionally lesbian sex shop, which is much better. But the castle is part of a bunch of chains, and mm-hmm. it's, like, a superstore. Mm-hmm. And they also had this very famous novelty dildo mm-hmm. that I forget what it was called, but it was massive. It was, like, this big and, like, mm-hmm. you were not supposed to use it on a human being. Yeah, Dongzilla. <laughs> Yeah, something to that effect. And so I actually mentioned that at one point to the clerk, and the clerk told me that the only time they've ever asked anybody, like they've actually like sat down and said, "Why do you? Why are you buying this?" Mm-hmm. Is because there was a guy who every month would come in and buy one of those, mm-hmm. and then leave. And after like six months of this, they finally like he the clerk finally cracked. Is like, dude, I just gotta know. Mm-hmm. He used them to inseminate his cows. Because yeah. he was an independent rancher Fantastic. and he didn't have one of those machines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you got to do something like that. Yeah, <laughs> no, that makes sense. That ra- that rocks. It's Listen, very funny. When you, when you are a farmer with low budget, you need low budget solutions. Country and boys make that do. means buying a fifty or sixty dollar, <laughs> you know, dildo, drilling a hole through it. <laughs> city, just having a syringe with a tube on the other side. <laughs> city folk, city folk make. You know, make tools for that. Country boys make do. All right. That's right. <laughs> Gotta um, love Albuquerque. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, you know, that's one that's of the jobs. Crazy. That's one of the I don't jobs. Think there's a sex shop within like a hundred mile radius around here. <laughs> well, okay. So I didn't. I grew up had. two hours outside of Albuquerque, and there was yeah. one in Santa Fe, which was r- attached to Cheeks, which was headlined by Bridget the Midget. By the way, I know Cheeks. Listen, pal, I know Cheeks. Oh, you've been to Cheeks? <laughs> I've never been there, but I know it. You know you know the it's legends, rep- then. You know represent- the tales. Yeah, Would yes. you like to introduce the tales of Cheeks? I don't want I, to because I, I don't want to expose how much of a coomer I am. But yes, so, I know uh, what the Cheeks the urban is. legend, so I grew up about uh, 30 to 45 minutes outside of Santa Fe, depending on how fast you drive. Mm-hmm. And so Cheeks is legendary in my world. Cheeks is the urban legend center of Santa Fe. I'm in, I'm in California. I'm in the Bay Area. And I know about Cheeks, right? <laughs> listen, listen. If you I hang know, you with know. Bags and scumbags. Yeah, I know about Cheeks. I know some shit about Cheeks. No, would it's you like to introduce place. this to the pod audience? It's just, it's just the wild. It's the West. one strip club within two hours of where I grew up. Yeah, it's it's a fucking. It's just a. It's like the only strip club for miles around. It's a fucking wild west, and like. I think a lot of there was like a direct line between like that and the bunny ranch in Las Vegas. Like pretty much that was how you got to the bunny ranch was you made your way. You start at cheeks, make your way up to the bunny ranch. And it was just a fucking cesspool of like insane sex acts and depravity that (laughs) I don't. They would have some stuff going on at the stages. They also had a sex shop attached to it called Arcade Mm -hmm. News. In which my friends who have been in there inform me that half of the stuff was somehow already opened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Used. And people paid more for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. That tracks. Um, so that was are... the that was technically closer, but we went to Albuquerque for obvious reasons. Um, I'm trying to think of fucking... Oh, 
Actually, I was thinking about this the other day because my the job I had before I had a job, because you reminded me, you were talking about like how you used to get cigarettes. Um, so back when I was like 15, 16, my mom like kicked me out and I was essentially homeless. And my first like five months homeless, I was at the time they were like remodeling all of like downtown Sunnyvale because like it used to be downtown Sunnyvale wasn't fucking it used to be a big giant ass mall. Yeah. Right. They they literally in the in the early. Yeah. In the early 80s, they completely demolished all of like these orchards that used to be here and they built a gigantic fucking mall that was empty. 24 7 because mm-hmm. there was not a population center near it yeah like, near like to fill it there was literally san jose had its own malls there was no reason to have this fucking massive mall so there it was, was like Linda and santa fe where it's just kind of there yeah so and no one would like there was no like attractions or anything to drive people around so they just like fucking yeah. built this for no reason and then it stayed empty so then there was all these shops like supplementary shops next to it called the village and like they were just all tiny little two-story like fucking you know yeah office buildings or you know retail space yeah and they shut one whole section down because they were going to remodel that stuff and they were about to like just tear all of it down so most of it was gone and there was just a few left like local holdouts for that area yeah and so one day while i was fucking homeless because i had nothing else to do i was out skating around doing my fucking thing after school and I see like a Chinese restaurant or what used to be a Chinese restaurant. And I see that they had a, a window and the window was cracked open a little bit. So I went in, walked into the window, went upstairs, realized that there was a ton of fucking office spaces above and there was nothing around. And I was like, I can live here. I was like, hell yes. So I like went and I had like I had like sixty dollars that I had been fucking I just been like working I've been doing like weird odd jobs collecting cans and all that stuff, and like I got sixty dollars and I went to a, a hardware store and I bought my own locks, and <laughs> I bought my own like I bought my own literal door locks and I went and I I removed the door and I removed the door knobs to the fucking thing and just installed my own, and then kept my own keys right. And so I would just literally every day after school or whatever, I would just go hang out in my fucking little apartment. But my apartment was actually an office building. And I had yeah. made a bed out of like pallets and like wood, like some wood pallets and like some fucking like just. I, I respect this yeah, so hard. Well, I was just, you know, I was just living like my I literally. Yeah. And what was funny was the fact that like I was it was a perfect situation for me because I was literally less than like 30 minutes away from like I was 30 minutes away skating from my house. Right. Like I hadn't even gone like a mile and a half away from my house. Even though I couldn't go to my actual house. My mom didn't want me there. I could still see my brother and sister every day. So I could I would go there all the time and like, you know, drop off clothes, whatever the fuck I had, you know, like whatever they needed. And like so I I essentially turned this entire like spot into like my little like living space. And I was I was happy having a good time. And then one day a couple of dudes came in and like started living there, too. Right. And at first I was kind of scared. I'm like, man, is this these are grown ass men. These are like adults. Yeah. I'm fucking 15, 16. And they actually were very cool. I said, hey, man, I've been saying it for a little bit. If you want, I can make I can give you guys copies of the keys because I have two extra copies of the keys. I'm like, How do you got keys for this place? I'm like, oh, I, I changed the locks. And they're like, you're a fucking genius, man. Would you learn like, where? and I'm like, no, dude, like, I just, I'm handy, bro. Like, what are you talking about? Right? Like, 
and they're like yeah yeah so they were actually very cool guys and we were living there all three of us together and like it was you know a cool thing and for like three or four months it was chill and we got into this routine where i would come every day after work and they would like you know they drink wine or whatever the fuck and they smoking and hanging out and then fucking one time this the guy would be like hey go get me some cigarettes at the cigarette world there's that's what the name that was the name of the fucking place yeah. was cigarette world classic like, go you get know me i some. have a i have a cigarette hut actually that rocks um near the walmart <laughs> so <laughs> town over he was like go get me some cigarettes from the cigarette world because the, the dude knew me because i was there like i you know fucking every day yeah. and he just would sell me cigarettes because you know i wasn't gonna do nothing yeah and so i went in there and i would buy him cigarettes and he would let me keep the change right and so I would like always do that and keep the change and keep fucking, it was, a, it was fun. It was cool. And he would come and talk and hang out. In fact, that motherfucker was the first dude to give me a book. He gave me Nietzsche, which is probably <laughs> the worst thing you could give a kid, but, but still, cursed you. still, it was, it was good. It, it got he me. Set, he's the one, he's the one that set you on. You were path. both <laughs> homeless at the time. So maybe not so much. <laughs> so anyways, uh, fucking well because i used to read all the time but i would be reading shit like freud and stupid yeah. shit like that and he was like oh you probably like nietzsche i'm like who the fuck is that and he showed me so anyways um he was a cool dude need you to suck my I'm dick no, I'm just kidding. here's a book <laughs> he, uh, he gave me the fucking he gave me the shit and or like one day he sends me out for cigarettes he's like hey man i'm fucking dead tired from work can you go get some cigarettes and keep a change and he gave me 20 and I'm like, oh, man, this is too much change. And he's like, just like buy a couple packs. Just keep, you know, keep the change, man. I don't care, dude. And I was like, all right, cool. So I go to the fucking cigarette world and I hear sirens as oh, I'm at no. the cigarette world checking out. I hear like all kinds of like wild fucking crazy. And then I go walking back and I see like fucking 40 cops fucking just inside of that place. And there's only two dudes in there. It's me and yeah. two other dudes. Yeah. And they had both of those dudes fucking jammed up like just fucked up and Crazy. the dude was all his nose was all fucking sideways and shit and i see him Man. and he sees me and he like just he just nods at me like you know get out of here and so I, I left right and i never went back i fucking left yeah and i was like i didn't see him for almost like fucking three four months didn't see him for didn't see him at all like completely gone yeah. and i just assumed that the fucking guy like you know was off to another place one day I'm skating past the Greyhound bus station and I see him sitting by the Greyhound bus station and I was like, oh, dude, what's up, man? And he's like, oh, my God, kid, you're here. What the fuck? And I go, yeah. And he's like, yeah, man, we got we got fucking we got they get, they slapped us with like burglary fucking uh, entering. What is it? Breaking and entering yeah. burglary. Breaking and entering. And I was like, burglary for what? And he's like, yeah, they said that all the things that we had were we stole. <laughs> and I was like, dog, well, like, you mean the things that you brought in, like the beds and yeah. all that shit? They're like, yeah, they thought that we stole that shit. And I'm like, the stuff that we made, they <laughs> said you stole? And he was like, yeah, I just got out, man. It's been like four months in the fucking, I was four months in jail for that shit. is bullshit, man. And I was like, yeah, dude. And I'm like, anyways, here you go, man. And I gave him his cigarettes because I kept them. I figured Aww. I'd run into Yo. him. Again. I kept those cigarettes because I was like, if I see this motherfucker yeah. again, I'm going to give them to him. And I, and I gave him those cigarettes and he fucking... Like, I gave him cigarettes, and I gave him his change. I gave him his change oh. back, and I was like, yo, look, here you go, man. And he fucking hugged me, and with tears in his eyes, he hugged me, and he's like, you're going to make it, kid. You're going to make it, man. And I think about that guy all the time. I've never seen him since. 
I wonder where he's at. He's probably dead, if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> but fucking, damn. Like, I wonder where... That was one of the most formative male experiences that I had. Like, a good... You know what I'm saying? Like, a good yeah. masculine figure. Like, a guy most, that was... The yeah. good masculine figures stick out to you. Yeah. I think because they're so rare. Like, when they're yeah. good, they're good. They stick out. <laughs> yeah. He he said he was going to go move to Chicago. It would be f- so fucking funny if it was Adorno. <laughs> <laughs> It's not. It looked nothing like that. No, guy. no. But, but it would be so. This one was invented funny. by a writer. Yeah, we made it up. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we made it up. No. <laughs> no. He's. I. He said he was moving out to Chicago, and that he was like, "Yeah, I'm waiting on a on a bus ticket to Chicago." And he's like, "Where are you staying at, kid?" Oh, okay. One of the things that I remember him saying the most. This is why I remember what he said. Because when we left, right, he says, "Where are you staying at?" And I said, "Well." I think I'm going to catch a train up to San Francisco and try my luck out there. And that's when I started living out in San Francisco. And he fucking, before I left, he hugged me and he said, your mom's wrong. That's what he said to me. He said, your mom's wrong. Your mom's wrong for not loving you because I love you. And that shit fucking, when he said that shit to me, I remember like getting back on the train to go to the fucking SF. And I remember crying because that's the first time I heard something like that from somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You don't hear, like, that's what I mean by, like, that's a fucking, that is a positive-ass male experience, like, that you don't get good, men don't have that, like, yeah, they don't get that, they don't get dudes telling them, hey, man, like, you're, people not loving you, is, you know what I mean, that's fucked up, right, like, because everywhere you hear, you hear dudes being like, oh, you're fucking, you got mad up pussy, right, you know what I'm saying, like, hearing that shit fucking legitimately might have changed my life, might have changed my whole shit around, and I didn't even know, and like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he definitely fucking just like completely coincidentally happened to fucking save your ass by sending you out for fucking cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like the f- <laughs> it yeah. was kind of a twofer. Yeah, <laughs> a twofer one it. situation. Yeah, I didn't even think yeah. about that actually. Save your present and your future, guy, dude. I need to find. I need to find this guy, and I need to fucking just give him a paycheck or something. <laughs> like, hook him up because it's fucking man. Damn, I need to go make it my mission. His name was Daniel something. If your if your name is Daniel something and you live in <laughs> Chicago and you remember living with my Mexican ass, <laughs> so this would have been point, what fifteen uh, years ago. I was like fifteen, sixteen, yeah, two thousand five, yeah, fifteen, sixteen, yeah, fifteen yeah, like years 2005, ago, yeah, somewhere yeah. So that. if you're listening to this, yeah, <laughs> you've, you've uh, happened upon now, <laughs> yeah, hit me up. You managed dog. to make it over the last fifteen years. Call uh, the homie hotline. Yeah, call in. Call, <laughs> call the, the homie, homie hotline. hotline. <laughs> I will give you my. I will call you back from that number and be like, "Yo, what is up?" <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, just like uh, call us at six six nine two five zero one eight eight three. Hell yes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that reminds me. You never sent me the fucking. Uh, you never sent me the fucking audio packet of all of the calls we've got because we've gotten a lot of calls. We have gotten a lot of calls. Uh, I I want to do it on a time that we don't have a guest because I feel like we'll take a lot of fucking time to get <laughs> to get. It will all. take time, but we're like we're we got so many we need to like chunk them up or something. Okay. Uh, Maybe just yeah. do a whole episode them- of calls. We probably we not, might honestly yeah we might almost get that to that point because so many people yeah. have called in which I actually am excited about but um I don't know do you might start do might start just doing advice on the show because there's a few advice <laughs> yeah like, there's questions a few advice people questions. have called in and want to do an advice uh, I think oh, Jamie, let me get the cigarette uh, holder yeah let me get the cigarette holder uh one moment <laughs> these, these Dunhills are a little stubborn with these 
Uh, let me see if I can find or pull out at least one. You need advice. <laughs> you see, I've clearly got my shit completely, together. Completely, completely visual. visual 1,000%. I love it. I love We haven't had a visual bit on the pod since you joined. So that, that rocks, actually. That's very cool. All you need Entirely to do to look professional bit. and sophisticated is get a cigarette holder. I now have three. I started with one a week ago, your, and I, I now have three, and I, like and I can't buy any more. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Now I got the two bedazzled ones today. The other one's black and retractable, so you can make it go really long or really short. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. This is the Why one did bitches stop fucking smoking those? What I the fuck know. happened? They're so cool. Yeah, right? And, like, they cool down your cigarette. I hadn't realized that it actually changes the sensation. The Dunhills are actually a little light, but it actually, especially the acrylic one I have, makes it, like, cold on inhale. Hmm. It feels different and nice. I kind of want to smoke a menthol out of them. I hate menthols I bet my just, so like, much. throat would turn to ice. <laughs> I hate menthols. Actually, very Oh, funny. I love Newports. Newports are, like, my favorite, and let me make sure this is really catching my voice. Very uh, funny. You sound fine to me. Okay. Oh, it's okay. It's, it's what, 37 minutes in? Yeah. We, could, we can get an audio test in. I think it's about time. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> if I sound good to you, it's probably fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, you sound fine. Um, yeah. One of the funniest things to me about, like, I fucking, I miss smoking so bad. I miss it so much. But oh, sorry. I fucking hate, no, no, it's fine. I, I hate menthols. I've always hated menthols, right? Menthols. And I think the reason why is because I used to do dust off a lot. Oh. Right? That was my, that was my drug of choice for a while. <laughs> it's literally just fucking air dust, like dust off. And if you do enough of it, you get, like, you can literally form ice crystals in your throat. Yeah. Right? And, like, they, you can get, like, a literal, like, you can hear, like, a crunchy throat is what Ugh. all my friends used to call it. And, um... One time we were doing it and I was getting so fucking high that I couldn't feel like the ice crystals forming in my throat. And my friend's like, hey, man, you're kind of hitting that shit a little hard. And I'm laughing like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right. And then he was just like, just fucking hit the cigarette, man. Just chill out. And I take the cigarette. It's a menthol. And I oh, breathe it in and I experienced uh, the coldest, oh, like a, a frost burn on the inside of my throat. I Marcos, don't know how to why couldn't you do normal <laughs> drugs as a kid? Why because, couldn't you just like listen, do benzos and booze and weed and like some random shit and leave it at that? Because my dad, my dad was like a meth head. Right. And so like, yeah. I didn't want to do hard drugs. Right. But my mom was like a fucking like pill, like pills and like cocaine. Right. So like, yeah. Pills and cocaine to me felt like fucking like a rich kid drug. And I would make fun of people for doing that. In fact, I I don't know if I ever told the story on the pod, but there was like this moment when I got invited when I was in high school because I used to sell weed and shit to like, you know, whoever fucking wanted it. And I got invited to like a fucking college party. Right. Like for it was like not a college, like community college parties, like a fucking yeah, no, party like at the Anza. Yeah. And so like. But it's a much bigger, you know, difference. And I'm used yeah. to, like, high school parties where kids had weed, you know? like Yeah. But I get to this party and people, like, start bringing out fucking... I brought. I only brought weed because that's what I figured people wanted, right? But yeah. I get there and people start busting out baggies. And they're like, oh, hey, man, you want some of this? And I'm get like... There, hey. And people started busting it down sexual style. <laughs> they started style. busting it down sexual style. No, and then, <laughs> so then I had, like, they started busting out baggies and they were just like, oh, do you want, do you want some Coke? And I was like... 
Nah. And I was thinking to myself, I was la- like, in retrospect, it's funny. But at the time, I was like, these guys are fucking losers. And then I would go to the bathroom and then crush up some Benadryl and snort it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, those guys doing coke are fucking losers. Dude. <laughs> now time to go see the hat man. <laughs> time to go <laughs> yeah, oh, so dude, coke is for losers, and then just snort a Benadryl. <laughs> so, uh, oh actually, uh, I grew up around rich kids, and there was a time where everyone I knew got really into coke because it was New Mexico. Mm. Yeah, and all yeah. these kids were highly unsupervised. Like their parents would hand them like two hundred bucks mm. for the week, and they would just hand them money and then just leave them unsupervised. And they were bored and rich and right next to Española. So, of course, they would buy cocaine. Yeah, that tracks. So, everyone I knew was really into cocaine for a minute. And my mom is not an idiot. She lived in California in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So, eventually, she just sat me down. It's like, look, I just need to know. I'm not judging. Mm-hmm. But how are these kids affording <laughs> cocaine. their cocaine addiction? <laughs> I'm not judging. I get it. But where are these high school children... Getting the, Getting money the money to fund their cocaine addiction. And I had to just look at her like, Mom, they're they're rich. They're, their parents don't notice. They just <laughs> hand them a couple hundred dollars and I used to hate I used to hate motherfuckers asking me for weed all the time. This kid. Like for and like the thing was like I I was like too not generous, but like I would get really fucking mad when people wouldn't take no for an answer. So people I used to have people call me all the time be like yo let me get a fucking let me get a nickel bag let me get a five sack and i'm like yeah sure whatever dude and that's already fucking barely anything right and i remember one time going to this guy's house and he's like yeah let me get let me get a five let me get a fucking five and i'm all right cool and i literally i like walk like 40 minutes to get to his house i get there i had a little bag he pulled up and said actually all i got is two bucks can can i can you split it and give me a two sack and i was like what the fuck is a two sack what is a two dollar sack of weed what is that's not even a sack how do you what is that right you want to just look at the weed for two dollars what are you talking about dude? what the fuck are you talking about you're not a hot girl why are you pulling this shit (laughs) i would get so fucking heated at that shit but yeah that's kind of that was a clientele that i had but every now and then that's why, like, I hate theater kids because theater kids would just ball out and go hard because they were all, like, rich theater kids. And they would ball out and go stupid hard and buy, like, fucking... They'd buy, like, a zip, at, like, at a time and then not smoke it, which would drive me crazy. Yeah. The only yeah. person I've ever met to plan a party, like, 20 people, buy a zip, fucking have me show up with a zip, everyone's excited, and then, like... You know, I see them a few months later, and that fucking zip is still in the same spot, untouched. <laughs> and I'm like, can I just have that back? I can flip that again. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> just sell that again. Yeah, what are you just, doing? Just letting that shit go to waste. Yeah, you're fucking letting it get moldy and shit. What is wrong with you? What the fuck? Yeah, that okay, I would not have let weed go to waste, though I did. Like, So as somebody who was not a big weed smoker until adulthood, actually, who had to host a lot of theater kid parties, mm-hmm. it was very annoying because everyone would want a ton of weed, and mm-hmm. you would go out of your way, and you'd be very polite, and you'd pay well, and you'd mm-hmm. be very nice to the weed dealer, and you'd do all of that, and then people would just get distracted and not want to smoke it. 
So you'd be stuck with all this weed that you then yeah. had to hide from your parents. Nerd shit. That's real. That's why I can't stand theater kids. Theater kids are the only people I know that performatively smoke weed. That's insane. It's <laughs> That's insanity. In- no, it's the worst <laughs> shit in the world. Like, looking back on my, like, high school career, it's like, wow, I was fucking miserable. <laughs> and everyone I knew was miserable. And the thing that set us apart from everyone else who was also miserable is we were very creative in the ways we tormented each other. I I, I was trying to talk about, you know, I was trying to think of like the happiest time I've been in my life. And I can only think of two times. And one of them was like when I was hosting the open mic, there was like a good like two summers, like two back to back summers when I was hosting it that I was like the happiest I had ever been. The other flip side of that was when I was working at, like, as a fucking doing catering, right? When I was doing catering full time. And it wasn't even because I was, I was miserable. Like, physically, my body was fucking falling apart. I was literally, <laughs> I, was, I would be doing, like, 16-hour days. I'd start my morning in the kitchen, deliver the food, fucking do the whole, like, build the actual, like, sets and shit that to, like, you know, present the yeah. food do all the presentation, do all the serving and the services, do all the cleanup, pack it all in, start the next day. And I did that nonstop for like fucking almost four or five years. Right. And I did it Monday. I did it. I only had weekends off, but even then I would do like weddings on Sundays and shit. And it would fucking, I was, there was like a moment when I had only had one day off in like seven months. Right. And I, I think about like, at the time my body was physically like falling apart. I was literally like, I was eating like three and a half pounds of bacon every morning for breakfast. Cause I would just hork it all down at once. Cause it was all that was left over. Right. Like my, I was fucking, I was the most in shape and out of shape motherfucker you've ever met in your life where I was just like buff. I was strong as shit, but I was just so fat and flabby. You could just grab everything because <laughs> I was fucking, it was bad, right? I looked so fucking bad and I wouldn't sleep and I snored hella loud and I would like fall asleep mid-conversation with motherfuckers because I was just exhausted. Like it was awful. Oh, wait, this is a, uh, what's the name of that Finnish bodybuilder that Eagle keeps showing me videos of? Like Kiriakos or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, literally, <laughs> yes. Just a big beefy, like, like <laughs> I would snore while I was wide awake. I'd be like, yeah, dude, it's, it's really nice. <laughs> like, cause I would just be fucking out of it, right? And I was fucking zonked. But I was probably the happiest I'd ever been. I was smiling all the time. I was fucking. Because <laughs> you were because too exhausted to notice anything to, else. To think, yeah, I was. I, that's literally the the key. Really, the key to like for happiness, like extended happiness for me, is literally just pure exhaustion. Right? No, <laughs> just, same. It's really bad. Like I get bored really easily when I don't tone myself down. Mm-hmm. Like I have to either be doing shit constantly or find another way to relax. Yeah, I can't. I I can't relax. It's crazy to me that I can't relax. Uh, fucking Ivy. A few like what was it, a few weeks ago? I had like a full. I had a whole week break where I didn't have to work for a whole week, and I was losing my oh, yeah, fucking dude, you mind. Got so much shit done. Yeah, but That's I was crazy. losing my mind. <laughs> I know. I was fucking losing my shit. And I was like, you're do- you're being way productive, dude. What's going on? I'm like, no, I'm not. I could, I could be doing more. <laughs> I definitely really appreciate the structure work gives me, I say. Because, like, left to my own devices, I will somehow not get anything done. Mm-hmm. 
Like, just left in isolation in a vacuum, I'm the laziest person on the planet. But as soon as someone else needs something, I can get up and do shit. Oh, yeah. Pressure is the key for me. If you give me pressure, I'm capable of doing all kinds of shit. But I can't even pressure for me. I just like taking care of people and doing things for people. No, that's different. I like I like feeling wanted or needed or whatever. Oh, I like that, too. But I do like even that's kind of a pressure when you have to take care of somebody. It's a responsibility. Yeah, that's true. Don't feel like that's good. Feel, that's not. That's good not. Thing. That's, that's good. That's, good. that's complimentary. Yeah. yeah. Responsibility well, and like actually doing shit when you want to do shit isn't bad. Yeah, I missed. I miss having like a lot of goats. I miss having a lot of goats and chickens, and like a cow to milk. I think there is a legitimate, probably un. It's kind of hard to quantify, so no one wants to talk about it. But I definitely think that there is a, like direct correlation between how many people or things you're responsible for and how happy you like and how like clinically depressed you are does that make any sense i think well it also depends if it's reciprocal because i know a lot of people who take on way Mm -hmm. too much from people who just take advantage of them yeah that's that's an entirely different situation before it's not great but but i mean like people who are like even like that's why i always try to get people to like start gardening right yeah. Like gardening is a great fucking way to like take care of something and feel better about yourself almost instantly because like literally I if you look at like the most common like sort like people who are the loudest about how depressed they are, right? They're usually rich. They usually have money. They usually don't have much else going on and they're fucking it's you know what I'm saying? Like it's killing them that they don't that they're on not we. going through. Yeah. Is and a so, emotion specifically invented by like middle B middle class? Yeah, yeah. Well, like it's not. Exp- what was that meme I found uh, dug up yesterday? Uh, the fucking like Western philosophers versus Eastern philosophers, but just apply that to be like rich people versus poor people. <laughs> it's like uh, the rich people is like the existential dread of existence, and then the the poor people is just the dude. It's like I ain't got time for that shit, man. Hey, man. Life goes on. Hey, man. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? There's like a there's like a meme where a guy's just like saying like something like paying a therapist, like almost like thousands of dollars to tell you that like you're okay and you're doing good and then it's like looking yourself in the mirror every morning and be like it is what it is <laughs> it is <laughs> free <laughs> absolutely free cost you nothing it's exactly yeah. right yeah. <laughs> even honestly even have because i've done that to you a few times and it's like like kind of helped you feel better yeah. in a situation where i just straight up looked at you and been like it is what it is, Marco. So nothing like, you could do about it. Damn. Like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> well, there's damn. a lot of, like, I honestly, I think maturity also is, like, accepting, like, where you have agency and where you don't. Because I think, like, yeah. I spent so much of my 20s, like, focusing on areas where it's, like, I can't change the world. I can't do anything about this. Mm-hmm. And oh, at yeah. this point, especially post-pandemic, I've just been a lot more focused on, okay, what's what's something I can do? Because I do have a lot of agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of that just, like getting older too i think so maturity but also psychosis is looking at the things that you can do like that you have agency over and being like yeah these are small steps i can take and and make to do the right things and then like the psychotic part of it is be like and then i fucking change the world right (laughs) (laughs) who knows you might get there and you are changing the world i think there's also the fact that i realize it's like you are changing the world you're just changing a relatively small portion which makes yeah. sense you're one fucking person yeah. 
Yeah, literally, like the homie dream of having like a fucking like a homie compound. Like, I don't want like an actual homie compound, but like the blueprint for homies to be able to drop out and be like, yeah, I don't want to be part of society. I think I'm going to go yeah. farm with the homies or I think I'm going to go do a space station with the homies. I'm literally going to build my own space station. Like, yeah, I think I will actually. Honestly, even if you just want to like move to a house in the woods and play space station 13 with the homies, yeah, that's or fine whatever too. I got. Like, listen, the real. We need what, to play space, space, uh, space station 13 at some point, by the way. It's very, very funny what i really want to do no what i really want to do in real life like for real for real when i this is when people get like nervous this is when i'm literally scaring the hose so i don't really try to talk about it that often but one of the things that i'm really into and i really want to do with the homies is i want to i want to just make my own nuclear reactor and just start (laughs) and just fucking hey marcos (laughs) i'm gonna go ahead and say no i will not be participating in this one That's, that's fine listen that's fine I, wanna, I grew up I around that shit. Me. I don't need any more irradiation. <laughs> Listen, Mm-mm, I want no, it for power I'm... reasons, like literally to power things, right? I want okay. long-term sustainable power through nuclear like through nuclear reactors. But also, if okay. I get a couple nukes out of it and Uncle Sam leaves me alone, then you know what I'm saying? You know <laughs> They're what I'm not going to leave you alone, <laughs> you know man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't die on your own. Don't drag us like, into it. It was like... There was like a 13-year-old kid that built a nuclear reactor in his backyard and they fucking got his ass. Two two (laughs) words. Kim (laughs) Jong-un. I know that's three words. Kim, Jong, <laughs> Kim Jong-un has missiles. He has a government and also China on his side. Yeah. They got nukes too, right? You're not a a superpower (laughs) until you have nukes, all right? Even just one nuke. That's all we need. That's all we need to become a superpower, right? I'm there. (laughs) I, listen, hey I know, Marcos! Like, this is my task no, alone. no, <laughs> I'm gonna squirt you. You see, this is a squirt <laughs> bottle that I'm definitely holding. Listen I'm doing up. a visual bit, guys. <laughs> this is my believe this me, is my, believe me. This is my cross to bear. I understand. This is what I have to do. <laughs> I actually have my addition have to, to barefoot. I'm not, not even gonna. Room. I'm not even gonna. Should I bring those out and just flip through the pages homies. so you can understand even... and everyone else will be very confused? Just hey, Marcos, this is barefoot Ged. Hey, let's read about this. Let's look at these horrifying memoirs. Oh, yeah, there's another guy burning to death. There's the black rain. (laughs) You sure about this, buddy? You sure? God. I'm not even gonna like create a splinter group of the homies off. There's just full disavow. <laughs> Move into the woods completely. I have not, nor have I ever been associated with the homies. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Jesus change Christ. my name. The government will never find me if I change my name. <laughs> oh my god. No, I really. I do, do need to get those papers in. I've been afraid to go out because of fucking COVID. Yeah, COVID's gay. COVID makes you homosexual. I wish I could just mail them in, but I don't think you can. I I read and that I'm, actually I'm makes a nice segue it's... though, because I was reading the Homie Manifesto mm-hmm. the other day, as one does, mm-hmm. and I was just sitting there and like thinking kind of about how I had lived my life in Denver. Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy shit, man! Holy <laughs> shit! Well, well like... particularly the self as consumer mm-hmm. yeah no the the consumerist aspect of self-help where it's like oh yeah you got to treat yourself right like that's the you got to buy these like ten dollar bath bombs and then you'll be happy 
Yeah, or you got to buy this crystal because it'll get your Oregon's correct or whatever. I realize this is like unpopular in our circles, but the reductress headline, which is here are five crystals to get you through another year without health insurance. (laughs) It fucking stays with me. Reductress is funny. Yeah, I don't hate reductress. I hate people who like reductress. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Hey, excuse you. You like me. Uh, uh, Listen, am I the one white woman you like, Marcos? No, there's listen, you're (laughs) first off, you're a you're a Mexican Jewish woman. All right. I'm Sephardic now, finally. Yeah. Spain, yeah. give me that. Spain, please, I will move there if you give me that citizenship. I'd like to make that very clear. I know technically I'm not allowed, but if you could make an exception for an Ashkenazi person who has been formally adopted into the Mexicans, I will move there. I will move to Spain. Yeah, listen. I need to make it very clear. My boyfriend's, my boyfriend grew up Catholic. He can come. Well, It'll be very beautiful. On. Spanish I government. <laughs> I have a friend named Frankie. Give me a Spanish passport. I have a friend named Frankie who is an Get Asian woman. Get me out of the country. Right? Frankie is an Asian woman. She is a literal woman from Asia. Is she Filipino? Right? Okay. No, she's not Filipino. She's like one of the more spicier ones, right? Like the more exotic yeah. ones. Like not Laotian, but somewhere in that range, in that area. Anyways, um... She's a literal Asian woman, and she is my only exception to the white woman friendship rule. She is my only white woman friend. Even though that she is an <laughs> Asian woman from an entirely different country, she is a white woman. And she's the only white woman that I allowed in my heart to be my friend. It's her. <laughs> everyone I'm sorry. else, Everyone else I have turned Mexican, right? <laughs> Everyone else, if you're a white woman and you're my friend, you're no longer a white woman. You're a Mexican woman now. And that's fine. I've given that. Well, please, the Asian American and the Jewish American community have a great tradition of sexual harassment. Yeah. (laughs) From one end to the, from from the former to the latter. But when that's not going on, solidarity in the model minority status. (laughs) Well, she, the reason They love you until you don't. The reason why she is a white woman is because she falls into all the white woman traps of like she unironically believes in the crystal stuff. She unironically believes in the energy stuff. She unironically believes you can buy your way into a better happiness. And you know what? It has worked for her. Right. So I respect that shit. The all of the white womanhood shit that like comes with the territory of becoming a white woman not only worked in her advantage, she like has made it work for her. Right. That is impressive to me that that earned well, her a lot of that like, stuff is also like what you give, you get out. Yeah. Functionally, if you well, really I, believe in this shit, you'll probably do better in your life. Well, I, I think I was trying to explain to somebody that like really one of the most fucking influential works for me. And one of the reasons why I wrote the fucking homie manifesto in general was literally how to win friends and influence by Rockefeller. <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> Rockefeller which You're people evil. don't understand. Listen, you use you take evil and you use it for good. All right? That's that's what you're supposed to do. That is why evil exists. It's because you're meant to weaponize it for good reasons, right? Like uh what is it? <laughs> the ends All, justify the means. No, 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 not in that way. Not in that way. But like you're supposed to you're meant to take things that were essentially built for predatory reasons right because that's what that stuff is how to make friends and influence people is literally it is like psychotic a, well it's a, it's it's predatory it's like yeah. meant, it's meant to fucking get people to trick people into thinking that you're someone that you're not but the reality of that is is that if you don't have to trick people into that like into believing that you're someone that you're not but instead 
use a lot of the same pathways to have open, honest conversations yeah. with people, I think it's better. Right. And I think like one of the really interesting things about the homies and like just us, right? Like our little friend group that we have together hanging out and like we're in Discord chat like almost every day. We're fucking group chats. We communicate all the time and we have like this really big support network of people from all over the fucking country that'll drop at the drop of a hat, do whatever it takes to help someone else. That's important. That's big. That's a huge fucking monument that most people don't get to. And on top of that, like we have an opus, honest communication system where if there's beef between someone or if there's an issue, we can talk about it. We can speak on that. Well, that's, that's one big that's thing I was thinking about. Yeah. I was like, I was thinking about, it's like, I haven't had beef with anybody among the homies, but yeah. if I ever did, I know I could handle it like an adult, like a mature adult functionally. Cause yeah. one big thing also is like, most people aren't going to like really get close with each other. And sometimes you just don't yeah. get along with somebody and there's no reason why. And they're fine and you're fine, but you two personally just don't vibe. Mm-hmm. And learning how to tolerate that within your friendship groups, I think is a big social skill a lot of people our age just never bothered to learn. Yeah, well, I think a lot of that has to do with, like, the way people our age were raised. Listen, I come from not having friends, so any friend I have is fucking cherished, right? Like, Yes, it, absolutely. So, 100% with you there. Yeah. I had, like, three friends growing up, and, like, one, only one of them was actually a friend, and he wasn't even really that much of a friend. Yeah. I've I've learned how to be like a good friend purely because I didn't have friends. I had a lot of shitty friends, right? And like on the flip side of that, I think that like a lot of motherfuckers had friends, but the way that they had friends was friends were self-serving, right? Friends were people that they kept around them as a status symbol. And so they continue mm-hmm. doing that in their adult life where they have friends, but their friends are essentially like places in in the power system. Well, power that's one thing I was are. really thinking about with the, like reading that is because like more and more we see ourselves and the way we live as a form of capital. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like just again, like the idea of who you're seen with on your social media really mm-hmm. fucking matters to a lot of people. Yeah. Because that, that is, that is the fine, like in it. I, I, I remember talking about that. Where I talk about how like capital changes, it's not just like a literal currency thing, but like a social trade as well too, right? Like you, there is social currency. There is like, you know, if you associate with this person, you are essentially in the same league as that person, right? Which like, well, fucking I'm even guilty of it. Like we're always trying to bounty and, and get fucking uh, clout from people on fucking Twitter and <laughs> blow up this homie shit. But the reality of it is, is that like, I think the difference between the way that I approach it and like anyone else trying to grift is that they want your money and I literally want your friendship, right? (laughs) Like I literally want you to be my friend. I just want you to be like, and if you don't want to be my friend, that's fine. I'm still your friend. You don't got to be my friend back. That's too, you know what I mean? That's your loss, but whatever, big dog, I'm your friend still, right? Like that kind of, that approach to it, I think is more, it's a more radical concept. Well, we approach more and more of our like human relationships as transactions. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. It's just, like, it's really weird to think about how much that's played into, like, my day-to-day life as an adult. Mm -hmm. Even though I never really thought about it much before. Mm -hmm. Is how transactional everything is. Because, like, normally I'm a very direct person. Mm -hmm. Same. But 
I found myself not being direct, especially when it came to dating. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a moment when I was smoking a cigarette with my neighbor on their porch because it was like a big cigarette smoking spot because mm-hmm. they were all high all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember one guy was talking about a girl he was texting and, you know, he was overthinking. I'm like, why don't you just say, hey, I think you're cute. Let's get to know each other. And he looked at me and said, people don't do that anymore. And I just wanted to scream, why not? Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're you're on to something there. People do treat me like I'm fucking psycho because I am direct. I don't know. That's for all I am psychotic. I don't know what I did and it seemed to work. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, you know, that works. Listen, because it works. Because it does work. Right? It works it great. It if you do that, work. and also especially with dating, I saw especially heterosexual people, they're not having a great time right now. No. Is my general no. impression. Every straight person I know is miserable. I asked, I, yeah. I asked, uh, I asked my girlfriend. Sucks to suck. I guess. Sucks to suck. <laughs> I asked my girlfriend how to date. I asked my girlfriend to date. Like, I when I first asked her out, she said no, right? And I'll admit the reason why is because I asked her out the same way that the Booty Bandit did in the Boondocks. When I was like, "Listen, I like you and I want you, and we can do this a hard way, and we can do this an easy way." <laughs> like that's pretty much how I did it, right? Which is incorrect. Right? Not the right way to talk to women. I learned it works for men. It is so. It is so cool that that is working for you now in the relationship because you do that shit all the time yeah, now. Yeah, literally. Yeah. But initially, and then Christina yells at that. him, and it's beautiful. Yeah, I know she's such so a grounding funny. influence for you. I love her. <laughs> Anyways, it were I like literally as now that it, like you know it took me almost a year, and I remember one day just like being frustrated and be like, "Why don't you like me?" Right? Like, what do I have to change physically? to fucking be different and then she looked at me and was like you think i don't like you because of the way you look she's like you're fucking stupid and the way like that (laughs) fucking i was like damn like holy shit i was fucking wrong i'm over here working out like an idiot cutting my hair in weird ways trying to fucking and the moment that i realized like no i just got to work on being more me i gotta work on not like trying to look like a guy and more like being the guy that i want to be and the moment that yeah. I fucking started like really owning up to that shit, she was interested, which is crazy, which is fucking <laughs> crazy to me. Right? Like, <laughs> to me, I was like, I thought I had to look like a type of guy, but no, you just gotta, you just gotta be you. And that's I know what's that's really always really alarmed thing. me about like, uh, I hate, I hate when women like go online and talk about as if they have male friends who they seem to all hate. Mm-hmm. You know, like that woman who a few, like, a while ago uh, posted, like, I don't know how to comfort my guy friends during a breakup. Just be like, yo, big dog, you're good. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, no, but it's like, I hate it when Amen. women do that, but I will say, like, my big advice to my guy friends is I see them sitting there, and I think they think women are more complicated than they actually are. Absolutely. When the truth is, the vast majority of women just want you to be up front but chill don't make it weird yeah mm-hmm. exactly. just say hey i like your vibe would you like to get to know each other if the answer yeah. is no worst thing mm-hmm. you get is new friend yeah well and new also, friends pretty great i've asked out a yeah. lot of people who rejected me who ended up as friends what's very funny to me yeah. this is very interesting um because like there's still something there that like attracts you to that person regardless of whether or not you end up in yeah. a relationship with each other and like, i know still something i'm weird in that, that i would never fuck anybody i couldn't be friends with but yeah no, I, what I've come to understand about 
the best advice someone ever gave me regarding like talking to women was um remove the word woman from your vocabulary right <laughs> like yeah. women don't women don't exist not like in a fucking mean way but like this concept of whatever stupid idea you have about like preconceived notions about what women want or what women are or what defines even what a woman is wrong right they doesn't exist right. just walk into meeting every single and what ended up happening the long term for that is i ended up meeting a lot of people i met yeah. a lot of fucking people and now I, c- I can understand people on a better level right and it has way less to do with like their sex or anything like that and it it's almost the thing that like racists do We're like i don't see color but it's like <laughs> but it's but it's real right because for them they're like i don't see color everyone is white that's the, how they're doing it whereas like no i don't I don't see women. They just they're people that I see, that I meet, that I know, right? Like they're that happen they, to no be women. Yeah, they just be women. They women be existing. You know what I mean? Yeah, women be existing and <laughs> occasionally be, be shopping, which I did yeah. do today. So yeah, like women be nice. shopping occasionally. Oh yeah, uh, Shogs, Shogs sent me the funniest fucking picture of. No, uh, we took I, I we took that together and sent that to you together. By the way, okay. Oh my god. If you would like to include a, in the show I'm notes gonna, or something, we found the most Ivy outfit in the world, and it's like it's very funny. I, it's like it's wrong in so many ways, but the essence of it is absolutely correct. I'm imagining like a fucking <laughs> like a camo duster and like some like some real short shorts. <laughs> like it's a, a skirt tile. with a t-shirt and a lovely jacket. Okay, first of all, first I'm sending. Oh Jesus Christ, that's a 27 megabyte picture. I'm not sending that. What the fuck? That's insane levels of quality. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh my god. We had a good time. We have fun here. <laughs> no, the thing is I do like shopping, but like more and more like I just started thinking about how so much of my life was dominated by thinking about how others would perceive it and how that would better me. <laughs> that is a very Ivy outfit. <laughs> oh yeah. But you it? are right. You are absolutely right about like the short shorts, the duster, yeah. the like a crop top. Yeah. That is also yeah. another another I, perfect look. It's another for me. Ivy classic. <laughs> An Ivy classic. Ivy has a very specific vibe that would fit in very well in Montana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Dude, the problem is, though, is, like, fucking the drive over there is fucking insane. It's, like, through, like, fucking the last big city on the way over there is basically, like, Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. Welcome to the West. It's There's nothing for miles and miles like and miles. 20, 25 hours of just going through absolute nowhere. Yeah. Welcome to the West. There's it's nothing for miles and miles and miles. I get that, but like the prospect of making that drive alone is terrifying to me. Absolutely understandable. We may be able to help you out in a couple months. Mm. <laughs> Yo, but, what if I took a what if I took a vacation where I just drove your ass out? To, <laughs> please do come here. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna show Shogs actual New Mexican food. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll cook over. for you. I will cook for you and fucking ruin your life because you'll never have food like that again and it'll fuck you up. I am getting, like, I'm starting to get <laughs> cravings because I haven't been down to New Mexico in a long time. Yeah, no, I... It is I, getting I, bad. I bought some canned hatch chili. Like, you know, the cans they sell in yeah, stores. Yeah, yeah. Hoping it would be good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm works I'm heartbroken dry- and upset. 
The dry, so the dry shit. Buy the dry shit, soak it, let it sit. And here's the key. Add a little bit of vinegar in the water that you're letting it soak in. That's the key. And like that's, that's how you point. rehydrate it is a little bit of vinegar. And that's it. So vinegar and water to rehydrate, perfect every time. White vinegar. Don't use anything else other than that. White vinegar is the way to go. I will message you on that because I hate to say it, but like the green chili thin is real. That yeah. shit can only grow in New Mexico physically. Mm-hmm. We get it out in California too, but you can, it's like, we do, we make, we make do. We yeah. Get, we figure it out. Yeah. Um, but he's going to New Mexico and I'm going to just feed him the entire time. <laughs> no, I, I've cooked and like, listen, Dr. I'm not even, feeder arc. <laughs> I'm not even going to cook you like Mexican food. I'll straight just cook you Italian food and fuck your life up. Right. Like I, the way I cook, I cook good. Right. Do you and Ramulac want to have a cook off and I do nothing? <laughs> Because I would love that. that. I would really look. Cool, this is a win-win either way. I don't even care if I lose to Rami. Like I just want to see my man cooking. That would be cool. Uh, honestly, the way I like people forget that I used to get fucking. Unfortunately, like unfortunately, I got a handshake from Peter Thiel. From that's how good of a cook I am, right? Like that's that's how good of a cook I am. I got his fucking vegan ass eat a steak, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> but. No. But no, I was thinking I always... more about sort of identity as consumer. And one thing is like right before I left Denver, I was talking to my like oldest and dearest friend, Craig, and we were mm-hmm. driving through there and he went, it is a very Insta town. Mm-hmm. Well, I live I live out in the Bay Area, which like out here, like in, in the city that I live in, it's a shithole city. There's like fucking nothing out here. But there's like this really long parkway with all these like half completed murals that they want they want you to take photos of. And when you do, there's a URL in the photo, like there's an actual which QR code that automatically tags the city. Crazy. They want you to do that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, no, it's full of like fake oh, graffiti love, uh, murals is the best yeah. way I can describe it. It's like Yeah. Insta like spots built to make to take a like Instagram photo. Yes. Yes. Because they want you to highlight the nature of the city. And it is it's, but it's very not much the consumer. nature of the city, it's the nature of every city. It's it's not even that point. it's it it's more or less it's like a monoculture. Yeah, no, uh, it really is. It's an aggressive monoculture, which I did not see coming back. Well, I I did. <laughs> like, <laughs> I listen, I've been living under it uh I've been living under it for a long time. Like I'm in the Bay Area. I'm in the belly of the beast, right? I've been living in the feudal, in the feudalistic cyber capital shit that's coming to everyone else. Everyone's talking about like, yeah, man, uh, I think it's kind of fucked up. I can't carry my gun to Walmart no more. Like, bro, <laughs> you can't Just even say the wait. word Walmart without paying Walmart out here. <laughs> you know, like if you think the word Walmart, they already got your ass, right? <laughs> Listen, pal, you got a fucking rude awakening coming, right? Like, and that's un- it's fucked up. You're right. You're right, it is fucked up. You can't carry your gun in a Walmart, you're, man. You, no, your neighborhood <laughs> is going to be full of kava bars. Yeah. You're, there's going to be a... You're, wait, do you know what a samovar is? Not the actual, like... Not the actual uh, thing, but a samovar is like a type of... What is it called? It's, it's, it's not the actual... Samovar is a way to serve tea. But there is a... Like a tea shop called Samovar out here in the Bay. And I've seen them out all over the Bay. And they literally are fucking to walk in there costs money to walk inside of it 
Oh, it's like God. 15, 20 oh, bucks. Oh, God. That's crazy. You can't walk in there and not buy anything because you walk in there, 20 bucks just to see the merchandise. Tees in there cost upwards That's of insane. thousands of dollars. Upwards of thousands of I dollars. I don't believe that whatever they have in there is worth it if they're charging a fucking Absolutely door fee not. shopping in there. Absolutely not. But they do charge a door fee to fucking buy shit out here. It's crazy. They have that out here. We went to the Amazon store the other day because I had to. You charged me a fucking door fee to rob, like to walk into your (laughs) store. I'm robbing your store. (laughs) So this is why Bay Area shops keep getting robbed. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's Um, fucking insane. There's so we went to the Amazon store, um, to because I had to drop off. I had like I bought something and it broke like within a fucking week. So I was like, oh, I'll just return it. I got to return it. And now you can't do returns like out here. You can't do returns through the mail anymore. The way the returns work is they want you to go to the Amazon store. So you have to go into the Amazon store. I go in there. And as soon as I get in there, my fucking ankle got hot. My ankle and my hip and my hand got hot. And I was trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. Like, why is it so hot? And as soon as I walked out, heat was gone. And I was trying to figure out what was going on. My body was interfering with the infrared there's a ton of infrared all over it. And oh, that's how they Jesus charge. Christ. <laughs> the metal in your leg yeah. is fucking you yeah. up. And I was like, how did this, what the shit. fuck is, I, what kind of fucking fucked up future do we live in where if I stand in the. Dude, I can't fucking imagine the like levels of like new kinds of cancer they're just going to get for like fucking work in there. Jesus Christ. There's so much fucking infrared and shit. All because the Amazon is there. trying to like cut their fucking the like industry standard like 5% loss ratio well, down to like 4% It was crazy because it, it was a store pack full of people like over like. Easily like 70 people inside of that little fucking tiny store in Santana Row. Tons of fucking people. One guy. And he wasn't a cashier. He was just a guy who had an Amazon shirt. (laughs) There was no cashiers because you just walk out. If you need your thing, you just walk out. Right? Like, and they charge your Amazon account automatically. And I don't know how the fuck that works either. Like, I don't know how it connects your shit. Probably through your phone. That's crazy. Yeah, crazy. It's amazing how we've gone from being afraid of microwaves to this shit. (laughs) Like, we just accept that we're all constantly getting some weird form of cancer now. Listen, my family is still very much afraid of microwaves, okay? (laughs) No, it's it's extremely funny to me that my mom was like... uh, my whole life, I was I was actually talking about this off the pod a while ago. That like, my mom has always been insanely picky about random stupid shit. But one of the funniest things that she's ever been picky about is that when I was growing up, she would absolutely not allow me to watch wrestling because wrestling was violent and it was dangerous and it was bad for children, like developing kids. That was why she said no, I couldn't watch it. However, I was allowed to watch autopsies with Doctor Baden a guy just fucking cut into another dude. I was absolutely allowed to learn about Albert fish and him shoving seven inch nails into his genitals and his gooch and his butthole. I was absolutely allowed to, I one year for like, I had to be like 10. I dressed as John Wayne Gacy for Halloween. And my mom was like, yeah, this is a great costume for a kid. (laughs) So So you like, I love that moment when you're in your teens, where you realize that the people who raised you aren't actually wise. They're just larger. (laughs) Well, I just I oh, yeah. I had known that. that was a great moment of realization. I had for known me. I had known that my whole life. I knew that like because oh I figured think, that out when I was eight and it was horrible. It was like oh wait, so the adults in my life really all just they don't know what they're doing. One of 
this is this is more sad than anything else. But I I was talking to Christine about it because I never talk like I'm I've been to like thirty funerals, right? Like that's a lot of fucking funerals. I'm barely thirty one. That's like almost a funeral a year, almost right. And a lot of a lot of them are family members. A lot of them are friends. A lot of them were fucking all kinds of things. But every time I'd go to like a funeral, I would cry because the adults were crying. But when I got home, I wasn't allowed to cry. My my dad, my mom, they wouldn't. They would be like, "Don't cry for them. They're dead. Just keep moving with your life. Don't talk about them. They're gone. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. You, you keep moving. Keep moving your life. Right? Don't be sad about it. Let's, don't be sad." And when I was, I remember like being in the fourth grade when my aunt passed away. My aunt had cancer, and it was like pretty crazy because she was like only twenty eight, and she died. Like she went from like literally just being like a healthy. She's a big girl. She was like, like five seven, five eight, and like fucking, you know, two hundred pounds. Big girl, right? But like, she when she died, she was like ninety, like ninety three pounds, right? She was fucking barely anything left. Yeah. And it was crazy to watch that happen in like three weeks. It she died in three weeks. That's how fucking fast that shit like ate her alive, right? Yeah. And when she died, it was brutal to watch. She died in hospice, and like fucking we're just at the house we just see it all happen all go down like in real time and then we just i was gone for like two weeks because we we watched it all happen like like we were there every day and my mom called my school to tell them hey i'm pulling this kid out of school for the next two weeks like his aunt's on hospice he's not gonna be able to you know go to school blah blah, blah. and they were like yeah cool whatever and i guess talk like got around that my aunt had passed away and then like that i was that's why i was gone for two weeks and so i go to my homeroom and I'm like, I'm going, walking into like, you know, my school and at, like at this point, I'm just excited to be back to school. I literally didn't, my, the death gone, didn't like my parents had said, if you go, if you cry when you get home, you need to ask me, so don't cry. So I was just like, okay, not crying, just, you know, and I was just like playing with my little toys and shit when we got home and it was not a big deal. And I was excited to get back to school and I get back to school and my teacher, this is a lady named Miss Wyseth, she like fucking... I, my mom used to drop us off at like five or four in the morning, like stupid ass early in the morning. So we get free breakfast and cause we were broke. So like I was at school, like almost three hours ahead of everyone else. And so I'm there and I would wait outside with my backpack and wait for Miss Wyseth to come. And I would throw my backpack in the, in the homeroom and then I go get breakfast. So I'm going and Miss Wyseth came, she sees me and she'd like, she's like, come in, come into the, come into the room. And I go into the room with her and she like, gets down on her knees and she hugs me and she goes, my aunt passed away from leukemia last year. She goes, I know how you're feeling. I'm so sorry for your loss. And then she hugged me and her, there were tears in her eyes. And as soon as I realized, holy shit, my aunt is dead. I'm never going to see her again. That fucking hit me right there. And I just like, I fucking started crying hard, harder than I probably ever cried in my life just crying and I didn't have to go to school that day she literally she was like you can just go chill out and you know don't worry about school today and I didn't and every morning I would go into school and she would hug me and she would tell me like she goes you know I'm sorry she would talk to me about her aunt she'd ask me about my aunt and I felt good about it and it was crazy to me because I remember like going home and telling my mom and dad I'm like yeah like I talked to my teacher about you know I talked to my teacher about like my aunt passing away and like you know she made me feel better and they're like why are you telling her about that shit why are you saying that? Why are you telling people your business? You keep that shit to yourself. And I did when I was home. But I had that outlet with her. 
And I was telling, I was talking about it with like Christine, like out of the blue, we we're just bringing it up. Cause you know, I had, my grandmother passed away pretty recently and I brought that up to her and Christine goes like, damn dog, you only grieved one time. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, fuck dude, what the fuck man? She's like, bro, that is fucked up, dude. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Actually, I love, and by that I mean loathe telling other people my childhood stories because I always get a reaction. It's like, oh, that was, yeah, that wasn't normal. Yeah. That was fucked up. <laughs> like one reason I don't really talk too much about that shit on the Twitter.com when I can help mm-hmm. it is like, I don't know how I'm supposed to explain this shit to people. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> Listen, like, I'm I'm the product of years of child abuse, but in a good way. Like, I'm a good, right? Like, uh, no, there, there's nothing, tra- there should be, you should see me and be like, man, that guy is hilarious. You shouldn't see me and look at me like, man, that's tragic, right? Because it's not the intended purpose. Like, I went through all that shit, and now I'm, I can laugh about it. Like, it's a literal, I've learned to cope about that stuff, right? And I hate, like, honestly, one of the things that I hate the most recently, and this is, like, this is endemic to the kind of motherfuckers the like level of of irony poison people are getting online when people say that the word cope and they mean like a they mean it negatively like motherfucker how else are you supposed what do you mean cope yeah i'm gonna cope right like what do you we're all our (laughs) series we're all are just a series of copes really yeah that's it's crazy to me that people are like oh cope Uh, yes (laughs) i'm going i plan to That is good advice, honestly, though. When you <laughs> yeah, say, when thanks. someone tells you cope, maybe you should consider that instead of whatever argument you're getting to on Twitter. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus. Because that is not cope. <laughs> if it is, it's bad cope. It's a bad cope. It's a bad cope. Yeah, being mad. Well, yeah, I mean, I will cope. say there are good copes and there are bad copes. Yeah. I mean, the whole homie fucking manifesto came from a cope, right? That it's not, I don't have in it, I don't like tell anyone how to break the cycle of capitalism or the cycle of consumerism That's that's got this fucking absolute grip on us. But I do say, hey, I'm aware of it. Are you aware of it? Because I think if more people are aware of it, maybe we could do something about it. But we can't do anything about it until more people are aware of it. You know what I mean? Like that's... Oh, yeah, well, I that's, mean... That's why it's there. And the individuals really like... The thing is, is like, yes, in our own lives, we matter individually. And sorry, I just... I mean, you're going to have a fun time with that because my mic fell down. But uh, That's okay. Individually, we I all have, like, have and burped and a fair amount of power of own mic, in so. our own lives that we can influence, which varies wildly from where we're all at. But I will say that just unless you're at the level where you have real institutional power, which is a handful of people in society at any given time, you really need a lot of people in order to get anything done. Yeah. On a massive scale, if you want to, like, for example, change how society functions on an institutional level. And the reason, like, I think I'm pretty much everyone I know is vaguely left aligned mm-hmm. is they all agree on that. Mm-hmm. Is you need people invested in the in the betterment of the community and not just mm-hmm. how the community is going to better them. Mm-hmm. Well, also, you need a you need a community to begin with, and one that hasn't been sold to people, one that isn't marketable. Yeah, what isn't it that like you're into this specific cartoon, <coughs> because or you buy clothes from this shop? You know, that's like something why, that's like, actually on a deeper level. That's why homies don't scale 
for real. Like that shit doesn't scale. I've I've explained this to lots of people when they're like, whoa, 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 what's the homies for? I'm like, it doesn't scale, right? You maybe get like 100, 150 homies together, but eventually there's going to be infighting. There's going to be homie schisms. Look, we're like almost at 30 people and we already have had homie schisms, right? We've already had people being like, I don't want to do this shit and left, right? Like, it's fine. The door is open. You can come back. There's no pressure for you to stay away. You know <laughs> we had saying? to have an inquisition in the group chat yesterday because somebody blocked somebody and had to figure out who, who was. Yeah. For the record, like, if that what? ever happens with me <laughs> that because happen. I block tons of people, I will message you guys and let you know. That should happen yeah. accidentally. I straight up reach yeah. out to them. And they're like, oh, my bad. I've just, yeah, how are they doing? They're good. They literally blocked because they're like, good. yeah, there's just too many memes on, on my page. I just wanted to clean my page up, so I, I blocked my bad. <laughs> I thought it was, was almost like, oh, certainly <laughs> accidental. Yeah, I was like, I had no idea. Yeah, because I've that done that. I've accidentally yeah. kicked people out of group chats and such. Yeah, and they're like, I had no idea that I did that. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to unblock them because they're fucking up my feed, but uh, whatever. <laughs> like, I, you know, I, I appreciate <laughs> okay, it. Okay, well, yeah. enjoy not being in the homies uh, anymore. Like, Have a nice fine. one. Well, well like, I mean, no, I got, I've gotten, stuff, I recently you know? got booted from a group no, 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 chat. I, mean, I wasn't active in at all. Yeah, you know, yeah, that happens. And so I was. Yeah, all that's the other thing, yeah. Yeah, so I was just like, you know, whatever. It's it's whatever. It's fine. It's fine. But like. Usually it's best to assume someone didn't know what they were doing on Twitter, honestly. Like, I have so many people who I meet who have like severe drama with each other. And then it turns out it was just a horrible, like, not even a horrible misunderstanding because that overstates it. It was just a misunderstanding over something stupid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I mean by like, I'm impressed by how we have been able to have even if we have misunderstandings with people we've still been able to be very open and honest and have direct communication with each other which i think that transparency that we have between each other like even though we are a diverse amount of fucking people in a just in a stupid group chat it's still pretty impressive that we can talk like people like adults you know what i'm saying like and recognize that there's no matter of fault so much of the petty horseshit really doesn't matter yeah yeah. And it's amazing Literally to me doesn't. how in like a lot of social circles the petty horseshit can create shit for weeks. Yeah. But the shit but that really yeah, matters so rarely to seems to matter that much, which that's, is very concerning. <laughs> that's why I'm yeah. I'm positive that homies don't scale, right? Like because I even I have my fucking limits. I'm a you know, I'm very patient with people, but even I have limits, right? And the moment that I'd have to babysit 300 motherfuckers because you know there's beef or something i don't i don't want to do that yeah. anymore i'm i'm leaving right <laughs> like the guy who started yeah i'm out of here now i don't want to do that shit do you, you guys know? want to take a quick intermission by the way actually i actually have to go i have i promise how long have we been recording an hour and 30 minutes oh damn jesus well yeah, this we was a more understated episode but i enjoyed it very much <laughs> yes i do like the bit I had a lot of fun yeah it was good i like the bits i like the the horrible jokes I like the the terrible tr- family trauma that turned into a joke at the end. I'll share more of mine next time. Yeah. How about sounds, that? Hey, you know what? That sounds like a standard episode of our, Hell yeah. our podcast. Hell yeah. How about next time I'm on, I will share some of my horrible family trauma as Absolutely. a treat. Absolutely. Oh, Only yeah. the funny Absolutely. parts, but. Of course. Right. All right. All right, uh, yeah, we ready? Do, do, yep. All right, everybody. Um, fucking, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow Marcos at Ainter Show. Um, that's the main podcast account, technically, but this man is shit posting nonstop, <laughs> nonstop. like a fucking demon, <laughs> a semen demon. Uh, I am at Professor Getter. You can follow our great friend here who has guested on with us now for the second time. Uh, she's going to be collecting 
at this rate, her three-time challenge coin before <laughs> long. Yep. Uh, at uh, against Stan. I talked too much last time. I talked too little this time. I promise <laughs> I will eventually find a balance. Wait, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. What do you mean you talked too little this time? There was a period of, I swear to God, like 22 minutes where you and Marcos were just talking and I was just sitting yeah, here like, riffing, that's good. I'm just listening. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. All right. All right. I got to go. Later, homies. All right. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash the homie collective. Give us a buck or whatever. Um, and if you want to, to call into the show i know we haven't read the voicemails out um but we have gotten a bunch of them um you can call us at 669-250-1883 i promise we're gonna we're gonna have probably a full episode at this point <laughs> we'll, of voicemails we'll do that we've soon. probably got like 20 or 25 in the tank at this point some of them are advice questions i think one of them was just janie like busting a fat nut and saying she wanted a trucker to impregnate her. <laughs> Very funny. Hell yes. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that about does it for us. Uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. All right. Later. <laughs>